Hi guys, and welcome to episode 26 of On The DL, Dakota and Lan joining you today. And today we're going to talk about uh, the scales and not the kitchen kind. Uh, we are covering the bathroom scales. Um, this, I feel like it affects, you know, different people differently. It can have a really positive effect, a really negative effect. I think it depends on who you are, where you're at in your fitness journey and what you obviously place uh, importance on. Um, you know, this is something that Lan and I, you know, uh, it affects a lot of our clients, yeah? Completely, yeah. For, for the vast majority of my clients in non-lockdown times, I don't get them to weigh themselves. I just use skin folds as a measure um, mm. because they give more feedback and more information. So even if there's a fluctuation, we can explain why it's happening. Whereas yeah. with the scales, it's a bit of a guessing game, which is, I think, why why it can be positive or negative depending on how you perceive the information. So, you know, if you can jump on the scales, see a number, understand that that number is just a piece of a very, very big puzzle, yeah. jump off and then get on with your day without thinking of the scales again, then you're probably mm -hmm. okay to be using the scales as a guide. They can give you information if you take enough readings mm -hmm to tell you about a trend, but they're not telling you what's going on in terms of how much fluid you're carrying. They're not telling you how much body fat, how much lean mass, yeah. so on and so forth. It's hard though, because if you weigh in every day and you have, you know, that can also lead to an obsessive nature around that action. Obviously, you oh, know, yeah. you're a lot more stressed sometimes and sometimes it doesn't matter at all and other times you know you weigh yourself and it really kills you uh Absolutely. you know it's it's like it's hard when it's hard in this industry because you know to <laughs> to gain to gain muscle to lose weight to make a change in your body to get stronger there there has to be some kind of metrics that you do follow there has to be something that you can track uh to obviously dictate your progress and like you said scales is definitely not the first choice um uh, but then they're needed uh at some point um and especially I think, with the online world right like how else are you going to get people exactly. to measure? It's fine when we can see you in person. We can yeah. do skin folds. When we can't see you in person, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, it's a lot easier to talk someone off a ledge in person <laughs> than it is over the phone. It's very, very true, Dak. Very, very true. It's because we can supply more information in a better context yeah. when you're in front of us, particularly with with online coaching. You know, the bad weigh-in might be on day one of the week and your check-in might be on day seven. So by the time you've yeah. gotten to day seven, it's already dictated that you've had five crappy days because every yeah. time you've stepped on the scales, you've felt angry about it. So you've made bad choices mm. or you've restricted or you've done all of these things to try and compensate for what you're seeing <laughs> and it's landed yeah. you backwards in your, your other results. It's It's a metric mm. that when taken out of context can be really yeah. detrimental, really, really detrimental. Yeah. And that's, I guess, well, that's where the education comes in. I mean, hopefully 
hopefully if you do have a coach they're taking the time to educate you in what can affect the scale uh hopefully that relationship is there and you're learning as you go because i think obviously the less education you have and you step on the scale and you're like cool this is what i weigh i'm a kilo heavier than yesterday I'm de- I've, I've put on a kilo of body fat and it's like okay well no because that can't happen uh and it's about having that it's, it's impossible uh you know it's it's the education you know it's like even even simple shit like oh i'm bloated i'm gonna stand on a scale i'm heavier i must be fatter it's like hold on a minute do you expect to be bloated and not be heavier at all like yeah to have that reaction one way but not a reaction another it's like okay you're bloated what's causing the bloating okay i haven't been to the toilet in two days or i'm due for my period yeah. so i'm holding a bunch of fluid and i'm inflamed Okay, fluid has a weight, so does two days' worth of stools. That will probably yeah. show up on my scales. But if nah. you don't <laughs> if you nah. don't take a second to logically process it, which most people don't. don't because we jump yeah. on the scales, we see the number and then we've made up our mind how the day is gonna go, yep. then we run into issues. And even when you do understand it, the emotional attachment, if it's strong mm. enough, can overwhelm that so we have you know you and i are very lucky we have a lot of very educated clients and people who want to learn about this sort of thing and we will talk them through it or we'll do something like when i get clients that aren't great with their emotional response to the scales what i'll often get them to do is weigh themselves every day but Mm. if their scale weight goes up they have to list three things that could potentially have affected that scale weight, right? So that they can start to have a relationship with, okay, this isn't actual body fat that's fluctuating. This is because I had a high-carb, high-salt meal yesterday. Two days from now, that'll be gone and I'll be back to where I was. Yeah. Having that relation, building that relationship with scales can work really, really well. But let's face it, we've had the scales in our lives since we were quite young, right? So if we've had a negative relationship with the scales for 30 years, doing Mm. this exercise for a month or a week or whatever is highly unlikely to benefit you, right? And there's the other extreme that I do with a lot of my clients, which is taking them off the scales altogether, but that can also create this fear relationship with the scales when they go to get on it. And it is a catch-22. It's a fine line, hey, because you want to – I mean, everyone's different and every every approach should be different. And it's like, okay, (laughs) we've got a fear of the scales. Let's just take them away. But then it's like, well – when when do you reintroduce them and what if because it's like you know if you have a fear of something or there's a phobia of something you shouldn't just get rid of it it's like a bloody you know oh I if I have a whole if I have, can't just have one Tim Tam I'll eat the yeah. whole packet it's like I just <laughs> won't buy them and it's like that doesn't that doesn't help you control yourself around Tim Tams it's just they're not there now and it's just like a scale like you know I think not weighing at all is a really good starting point to show you that okay sweet that little number doesn't actually matter in my life it doesn't it shouldn't dictate my happiness you know but i I think there needs to be more work later that's exactly right there there has to Mm. be there you have to be able to have a relationship with the scales where they don't have power Mm. over you instantaneously because the reality is you're going to have to jump on the scale at some point in your life whether it's you've gone to hospital for a procedure or you know like it could be anything 
And if that number still has the power to affect you negatively, it's going to affect you whatever the context is, whether you're jumping on it for yeah. a positive or a negative reason, Regardless. it's going to have the power to affect you. So building yeah. that relationship is really important, but how you go about it depends on the individual. There's also times at which the scales shouldn't matter, right? Like mm. if you're in maintenance, why are you getting on the scales every day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what's... What's the point? Like, do you, do not, you need, does it need to be every day or can you yeah. just get away with it once a week like, or once a month? Like, what's, right. what's the point? What's the, what's the point behind it? Exactly right. And think mm. of it this way, right? So if you're theoretically in maintenance mm. and you jump on the scales and your scales have actually gone up and you know that that mm. means that it's probably taken you out of maintenance, you can mm. then jump on the scales every day for a week and track your calories to have a look and yeah. adjust and make sure it's where it needs to be and then you can continue to go without weighing again. But yeah. it's really about weighing up the pros and the cons of it in that mm. current circumstance and then deciding the best way to go. If you're stressed as hell and hating yourself at the moment, jumping on the scales mm. every day is not going to make you feel better. <laughs> no, and the, the shit thing is is that... Every approach has to be different and some people some people aren't in a position to weigh themselves every day. And I mean I was having a conversation yesterday with a client. She she told me about she told me about this um she told me about this news article and it was like this woman who said, you know, the best thing that she did was eat three thousand calories a day and then diet down and did a bodybuilder comp. And I was like, Okay, cool, that's great for her. <laughs> and I mean the con the overall concept that she was pushing is great. Obviously eat more food, diet down, eat more food. But like the the main thing that I wanted, you know, wanted to cover on is that you, you need, you know, she, the client I was talking to doesn't like to weigh herself. She won't yeah. ever. And I'm like, so for instance, if you have such a hard time with the scale, you cannot weigh in. Like that is a real stigma. Like you cannot do it. Do you think you're in a really good position to diet? Do you oh, think like, do, has anybody ever asked that you know do people dive that far in like and I and I, I hope coaches do but like mm. that you know you can lose weight without touching a scale a food uh, scale absolutely. or a weight scale yeah absolutely mm. and look there, there has to be tracking of some form in terms of the food to be able to lose yeah. weight because we know that we have to be in a calorie deficit so we're not saying you can go off and eat whatever you want no. and lose weight <laughs> We're no. saying that there are, you know, you can do a handful or a cup or a palm-sized piece of this or yeah. da 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 and that yeah. will still give you an average intake that you can measure regardless of the fact that you're not actually weighing or tracking it. Don't yes. that. But yeah. when it comes to scales, using your client as an example, Dak, if someone mm. is so fearful of the scales that they cannot get on them, there is an yeah. underlying issue. And that underlying yeah. issue is usually something very deep-seated and rooted early on. Yeah. They've yeah. at some point in their life been made to feel like their value associates with the number on the scale and now they're yeah. finding it difficult to dissociate from that. Yes. Or yeah. in terms of eating disorders, for instance, it mm. becomes almost an achievement to see the scales drop. So when the scales yeah. are dropping, it's this um, positive feedback that they yeah. get and it becomes so obsessive Still or such damaging. a... 
that's it, that it's really damaging and then trying to mm. rectify that. Yes, we need to get them more comfortable with the scales, but we can't expect to do that in five minutes, right? No, yeah. Psychological. That's the fine line. The psychological side of jumping on the scales is by far the most difficult component. People who can jump on the scales, see it as data, and then not think about it again for the rest of the day, there's no issue with those people jumping Mm. on the scales every day or not jumping on the scales at all. Yeah. I personally, I don't weigh myself unless I'm, um, unless I'm cutting or something along those lines, which very, very rarely happens for me these days unless I've got a, unless I'm doing a promo shoot or something like that, I really won't cut these days. Yeah. And I find I'm more comfortable not getting on the scales because it's just one less thing <laughs> to do in the day, right? Yeah. Yep. It means that if I forget to do it in the morning, I'm not then thinking, oh, shit, 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 that's going to affect this for the week. It's just one yep. less thing. I think you're the same, aren't you? When you don't have to be on the scales daily, you find it alleviates some pressure off of you, right? Yeah, like I definitely go through phases, you know, and I think I think it honestly doesn't really have anything to do with the scales. Like I, I definitely, you know, when I'm when I'm focusing on my body fat percentage and you know my strength and my lean mass, like I can, you know, get on the scale once a month and chuck it in and work it out, and it's fine. And I think, yeah. I think when I'm at a, I'm at a low point, you know, maybe I'm stressed, overworked, maybe I haven't done anything for myself, or you know, I'm unhappy, or I just, you know, then I obviously, oh sweet, time for a cut. And then, and then I think that negative energy from the other areas of my life comes into it. Then I obviously, with the cut comes the weighing in. Then I think that kind of drives the negative side effect from the scales. I don't think it's the scales. I think it's just the, you know, okay, I'm stressed. I don't have any control right now or I feel overwhelmed. Let's Mm. focus on this one thing that I can really focus on and control. And obviously when that doesn't go down, I'm like, well, fuck me. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, we've all been through it where the scales haven't moved when they were meant to. And sometimes Mm. it's very simple. Sometimes it's that we were supposed to be in a deficit and we actually weren't because there was more off plan eating or less activity or da, da, da. And in those cases, we just say, okay, Sarah, energy in versus energy out. Didn't quite work out the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then we go with it. When, however, the scales move with no logical explanation behind it, it can be much more difficult and much more triggering. But Mm. we've got to remember that energy balance is not the only thing that factors into this equation. And I think it's a a topic that is highly oversimplified in social media. It's that whole... If your energy in is less than your energy out, you will lose weight. Yes, that's the case 90% of the time. 90% of the time, if you're in a deficit and a true deficit, you will lose weight. But women have a menstrual cycle. That menstrual cycle means that there are parts of our our month where we are probably going to sit a kilo or two higher on the scales and it has nothing to do with your body fat, guys. Fluid retention, yes. Lazy bowel because progesterone's high, yes. Where, you know, not moving our bowel as regularly. 
all yeah. of these things play in. None of them are body fat yet. When we step on the scales yeah. and see the scales have gone That's up, what we see it as instantaneous failure. Also, yeah. if we are particularly stressed out and we try and put our body in a deficit, the body will fight back, guys, because yeah. not every time is a good time to go into a deficit and we've forgotten no. that. We really have. I've had competitors yeah. that have had, have tried to get into comp shape during breakups or during, you know, big life-changing events, which is a yeah. terrible, terrible idea and usually usually I've told them it's a terrible idea but they've decided to continue anyway and they don't and they just don't get into the condition that they want to be in and then they feel disappointed in themselves even though what really is going on is your body is saying I need all of that energy for other things right now I need all of this energy for more important things I can come back to competing some other day Use that time to thrive. Like, use that time to feed up, pack on muscle mass, get a really good physique going, and then cut yeah. when you're in a better position. It's just a great distraction, really. We when think you go it through is. Yeah. A stressful, a stressful period. And you know, but, you know, like I said, like that's really, you know, you when you're when you have don't have an area or you have an area of your life where you don't agree with but you can't really change anything, you go, okay, well I'll just make I'll focus on myself, I'll focus on making myself look better and that will make me happy for for the interim. But unfortunately yeah, like you said, the stress levels don't sometimes don't allow that to happen uh, but that doesn't mean right. you're doing anything wrong apart from trying to cut when you shouldn't really <laughs> exactly trying to do too yeah. much at a bad time yeah i think yeah. you know there's probably 90 percent of the people that come to see you and i are wanting to cut before they've even asked us anything about their basic metabolism right like so we spend yeah. a lot of time both of us explaining to people that if you are eating 1200 calories right now <laughs> we're not cutting you we don't have anything to cut where are you going to cut where That's are you going to cut we need to reestablish positive food yeah. relationships positive relationships with yeah. exercise we need to get you into a place where your metabolism is strong and working for you rather than working against you then we mm. can cut you the problem is Apart from the fact that people want to cut from any level, they also want to cut too frequently and they want to stay leaner mm. than their body naturally allows. Yeah. Everyone has a point at which they naturally sit fairly well, right? So everyone, yeah. some people just naturally run lean, some people don't naturally run lean. And unfortunately, yeah. If you don't naturally run lean and you're trying to run lean all the time, something's going to give. Your menstrual cycle might disappear if you're a female. You might Mm -hmm. not respond well to stress. You might not recover well from training. There's all these different things that can happen, but they Mm. will happen because you're trying to force your body to do something that it's not built to do long-term. It can achieve it short-term, but it might not be able to do that long-term. The mm. problem there is if we're cutting so frequently, we just end up back at that 1,200 calories that we started yeah. at and then we've yeah. got nowhere to go again. And then the scale weight's obviously not going to move because how can it move any lower? You know, how mm. can we Yeah. How can we get it to move? So all of these things sort of revolve around 
Look, I think because the only consistent way of measuring your progress yourself really has been scale weight, right? Yeah, I think I think definitely taking the time, like if, if health and fitness is something that you really do want to look into, you know, you want to start putting effort into your nutrition or you want to start training and building some muscle or losing some fat, like at least take the time to, you know, look into maybe getting a good coach that can educate you in regards to that area or doing, you know, getting getting the education yourself, like looking up, uh, you know, ways, what what how the body works in terms of, you know, uh, your menstrual cycle, you know, with, with things that can, can affect scale weight. Um, and by and, this, you know, we do not mean social media. Social media no, is not no. a reliable source of information. No, <laughs> no, definitely not TikTok or social media. <laughs> like looking up how the body, like how the body scientifically works, what can affect the scale weight, and also other areas that you can track progress. Like if your yeah. if your goal is to put on size, then you're putting on size. Putting on yeah. size means getting bigger. Getting bigger. Yeah means getting heavier so yeah. if you know that's seen as a positive if you're someone yeah. who wants to lose weight and you actually have weight to lose but you cannot step on that scale then there's a lot of work that you need to do before you can really go okay sweet now I'm going to lose weight like that's I think yeah. that's the biggest thing with the scale is that you know you some like you said some people can use it as a good good motivator and some people aren't in a position to use it at all yeah, if what I say to my clients is, if you're stepping on the scales seven days, five seven days a week, and five days out of seven you're stepping off of them unhappy, you shouldn't yeah. be weighing yourself. If you're yeah. stepping on the scales seven days a week, and occasionally you have a blip where you kind of like, oh, this is not great. Mm. All right, yep, you're probably handling it quite well. But if it's dictating that you have five day. days out of seven, get yeah. off the scales. What the hell's the point? Like, even da- if you are losing data's weight. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Da- data's yeah. good, data's great, but data shouldn't data shouldn't affect your emotions. Like, it shouldn't make you sad. Like, I had a client who... Uh, so she used to weigh in one one day a week, and we and and then I found out she had a secret sheet that she would record. <laughs> she would record her weight. She'd record her waist measurement. She'd record all of these metrics, and I was like, babe. And she had an addictive personality, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna need you to delete it. I'm gonna need to yeah. see proof that it's deleted because yeah. it, it sent her backwards. So you yeah. know, she she was someone who was very triggered by the scale. And every week we would chat through, okay, this is why this happened and this affects this. And we were slowly educating and then she took it a little too far and it, we, it took her right back to the start. So oh, just yeah. like working, just like working on yourself, just like changing your habits, your mental aspect, you know, the, the scales is something that is the mental aspect and it needs to be continuously worked on. Completely it does, yeah, because you can. You can go through cycles where you handle it really well and then cycles where yeah. you don't, and that can come down to the stress levels in your normal day-to-day life, right? Like if, yeah. if everything's really tough at the moment, then you're probably going to look at the scale weight more negatively no matter what's coming up, yeah. good, bad, or otherwise. Like yeah. I say to a lot of my clients, there's only one acceptable 
number that's going to come up on that scale for you, right? So the three options are you've gone up and you're really unhappy about it, you haven't gone down enough and you're really unhappy about it, or you've gone down enough. So there's a one in three chance that you're going to be happy and that's even. (laughs) And that's even if you have a good relationship with the scales, right? So there's just so many potential detrimental effects of jumping on the scale too often if you're not ready for it. And you've got to learn why you're being triggered because if you can get off those scales and go through the logical process and say this is why those scales are going up, it could be really beneficial for you. It can actually teach you something and empower you to see that literally what the what the scales are measuring is your relationship with gravity. That is it. Yeah. That is literally yeah, like all literally, it's literally <laughs> so it. Yeah. That's it. But like, so you it, know, if you're if you're someone like you said, you know, that does literally five five out of seven days, it makes you feel like shit. Don't be don't be afraid to seek help either, you know, even if you do have a coach. Or if you're a coach and you have clients who just it really sends them in a downward spiral, like seek someone who knows a little bit about it. You know, there's coaching and you can be a fantastic nutritionist. You can be an amazing dietitian. You can you could cut everyone down and then you nail it. But (laughs) the that aspect of it it might be just a little bit too difficult and it, it's it's good to seek help with people who actually know okay like they can help the person get to a point where they can weigh in and it doesn't yeah. affect their life don't overreach as a coach right mm. like you don't yeah. have to be great at everything as a coach you have to be a great mm. coach that's your job be a great yeah. coach being a great coach sometimes means knowing when to refer on to a psychologist or a health psychologist or someone along those lines that's going to give your client much more bang for the buck than Mm -hmm. if they just keep banging their head against a brick wall with the same old, same old with the scales. If the relationship with the scales is completely emotional, if it's tied into you being picked on as a kid because you are overweight or if it's tied into a negative relationship that you had with a partner who always Mm. told you that you needed to lose some or someone always pinched your belly when you were growing up or something along those lines, a nutritionist or a coach is unlikely going to be able to fix that for you. They can probably, that's it, they can probably help you to understand it better But until you resolve the underlying issue, you're probably not going to get past it. So a good coach will always know when they've reached, when when they need to outsource, when they need to reach out to someone else to help the client get where they actually need to go rather than just taking money off of someone to tell them the same thing that you told them the last seven weeks about this is what it is. If you have explained to your client seven times that they've put on lean mass and that's why the scales are going up and they're still having an emotional reaction to the scale, it's not because they don't understand that their lean mass yeah. is going up. They just they can't understand that. They just can't have a positive association with that. So yeah. it's it's a very triggering topic for mm. a lot of people, this one, and you really mm. need to... You need to think about the why behind getting on the scales. Yeah. 
Yeah. If if there's not a good reason to be getting on the scales and you are still obsessively doing it every day or like yeah. your client, if it's the other way around where you cannot step on those <laughs> scales yeah. because you are so terrified of what you're going to see, then it's a psychological yeah. issue and it needs to be treated as one. We can't, yeah. you can't treat a psychological issue with diet and we need to stop trying. We, yeah. we tend to treat out of scope too often. I've worked in mm. the industry for, I've been a registered nutritionist for 16 years now. Mm. In my entire degree, we did six months of psychology and it barely mm. touched on anything, right? Yeah. I don't feel qualified to be giving out psychological advice. If you've done a 12-week course and ticked the basic boxes and you're now trying to get someone through something that happened to them no. that was traumatic yeah. as a kid, don't do it. It's only no. going to put well, them in a worse position. We're not psychologists. We're not. We're, not. We're, not. We're, mild, we're mild therapists. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're uh, involuntary therapists. But That's like, right. There's, yeah, like you said, you know, a lot of a lot of the emotional stuff is stuff that we're not working through, uh, and definitely putting that on a coach that isn't qualified in that field, it, I mean, you're you're both just going to butt heads. So I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that if that is an area that is really affecting your day to day, and there's more negative experience than positive, then it's something that definitely needs to be worked on. Uh, yeah. A deficit or a diet isn't going to do that. It's probably going to exacerbate it. And also, if you're a client or you're getting a coach and you're starting out with a coach and they ask you to do things that you think are going to make your relationship with the scale worse, making your relationship with your food worse, Maybe you had a past eating disorder or, yeah. you know, some, something like that, like speak up and be honest. At the end of the day, you're a team, a client and a coach for a team. You work together to get the result that you both desire. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to send a, somebody back and spiral them years, years past for, you, you know, a couple of bucks. Exactly right. Yeah. And we, we really, we're here encouraging coaches to listen to this because you and I both refer on. We both refer on because yeah. we know it's in the best interest of the patient or the client, mm. not because it's in the best interest of our pocket, right? Like if you don't care yeah. about your clients and you're in the healthcare ind industry, get out now. It's really yeah. not the industry for you. Um, you need mm. to have a level of care to be in this industry and be good at what you do. And that has to include knowing when to refer out. When you're a personal yes. trainer and someone mm -hmm. has an injury, you're not going to try and apply physiotherapy that you have no idea about. No, you know, you're, you're going to send them, out. You're going to send them to see a physio. Exactly yeah. the same thing with food and psychology. Food. Yeah food nutrition fantastic it can be incredibly powerful and it can affect your emotions if you're eating yeah. well you're going to have a healthy gut microbiome healthy gut mm. microbiome more happy hormones you know, better mental health in general but yeah it's not going to resolve trauma it's not going to resolve things that are bigger than that so that's yeah. you know having that ability to recognize and refer on is incredibly mm -hmm. powerful and trust me when i say your clients will be so grateful for it 
you will retain more clients by understanding your limitations than you ever will trying to work outside of them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, you know, if you're... If you're someone who struggles in this area, you know, you're afraid of the scale, you've thrown the scale out, uh, or if you're someone who has a really good relationship with the scale and, you know, this is an area that you've really, you know, worked on yourself really hard, uh, you know, definitely let us know, you know, uh, we'd, we'd love to hear about your journey in this area because it is a still still to this day a huge issue that we're trying to fight and obviously work on and everyone's working on it to some level. So I hope you guys have really got something from this, from this episode. I think this is a really important one. Um, if you, you know, struggle in this area, definitely comment below. Uh, definitely feel free to message us, like, share, comment, all of that crap. Um, but thank you very much for watching and I hope you took something away from today. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll catch you next episode.